Today's episode of Podcast by Committee is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is a leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Podcast by committee, the show where we combine fantasy and reality. We bring in uh, some of our great beat writers from the athletic NFL to kind of go over their team very quickly. We try to go about 25, 30 minutes. So, uh, so you just pack it tight, get to the stuff you need to know, and then you can apply it to your teams um, already in week seven, which is nuts to me. Today's guest, uh, a guy I read for, for years, followed on Twitter for years, um, it's actually very cool to be talking to him at length now. Uh, Jeff Strebeck. Jeff, thanks thanks for doing this, man. Thanks a lot for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so I I should tell you that like I've followed you forever, man. And you're, you're I'm not just saying this because you've agreed to come on the show, but uh you have one of the, the better Twitter feeds out there, man. Actually, it's it's informative. It's not like you're tweeting every single play during the game, so it's not flooding my timeline and everything. It's just a it's a good feed, it's a good read, I guess. Oh, thank you. I, I- try to keep it uh conversational i try to answer as many questions as i can uh from people and uh you know i hear you i mean sometimes when you're sitting in the press box at like a one o'clock kickoff and uh you see about 600 tweets in a span of a couple seconds about the coin toss and all that stuff so uh, <laughs> I, I know there's, yes. there's a whole lot of twitter pollution going on out there i i probably contributed to some at times but uh I try to do my best to sort of limit it a little bit. Well, you can check out Jeff and see what we're talking about uh, at Jeff, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. So, dude, what a fun season you're having so far. Like the Lamar Jackson explosion has been fun, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and and kill Joe Flacco. You know, I loved uh, covering Joe, one of the better guys I've ever covered. But it's no secret that, uh, you know, the Ravens had become pretty stale and boring on offense in the last three or four years. Um, you know, and it's not just Lamar, the additional Lamar Jackson. You know, they got some different pieces. I mean, heck, Mark Andrews is fun to watch play football. I, I mean, he's just a hard-nosed guy, uh, excitable guy. And, you know, Marquise Brown, when he's healthy. Uh, but there's no question, Lamar Jackson's the headliner. Uh, you don't know what he's going to do. Um, but he's really exciting to watch and he's fun to cover as a beat writer because he's so darn polarizing, you know, everybody has an opinion on him, um, you know, and very few people are okay, you know, willing just to say, okay, let's see, see what he's all about. Let's give him time to develop. It seems like most people are either, oh, he can't play quarterback or, oh, he's uh, an MVP candidate and he's going to deliver a bunch of Super Bowls. So uh, it certainly is fun uh, to to talk about him and to cover him. And, you know, look, if people saw him in even going back to the first couple of days of training camp, 
to what he is now. If people were out on that field for those first couple of days of training camp, um, look, he still needs, he still has a lot of room to grow, but he's improved a significant amount in a short period of time. So uh, I would expect that to continue. You know, it's funny, we have internal fantasy strife with Lamar Jackson, <laughs> with Jake Seeley and Emery Hunt, who love him and think, you know, he's, he's amazing. He's a great quarterback, can throw, can run, do whatever. And Michael Salfino, who's, who's I mean, it's not like he hates the guy, but it's, he's worried that he's going to take a pounding. And it's, it's interesting because I think your latest column touched on that a bit. Um, like the running is almost unsustainable. And it seemed yeah. interesting. Like the, the quotes you were getting, it's kind of like, yeah, we know, but we'll see. It was just kind of like um, not flippant. But it's, it, I mean, it seems like there's some kind of concern there, but not really like a super duper concern. Is that is that the yeah. way? I'd- yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, and it started back in the summer. I, you know, you had the Ravens owner uh, in a conference call with season ticket holders basically say Lamar Jackson's not going to run that much this year. And then you had the head coach in an NFL Network interview come on and say he'd bet the over. Uh, on rushing attempts on Jackson. So, uh, and I don't think it's anything at odds. I'm sure Harbaugh, you know, wanted to get that out there to make sure teams feel like they have that in the back of your mind. Um, But, you know, the concerning thing for me is Harbaugh's comment this past week is like, look, we we had to do what we had to do to win. We needed Lamar Jackson's legs to win that game. We needed him to do what he did and, you know, Technically, he rushed 16 times. The three kneel downs were added to that and uh, for 152. Um, but the concerning thing for me would be, should you need him to do all that when you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals defense? I mean, that, right. Bengals, that Bengals defense is terrible. Now, uh, you know, Marquise Brown's out. Uh, the Ravens, other guys on the outside have kind of struggled. But they have enough in the backfield. They have enough... Uh, at the tight end spot. I'm not convinced that there's a better tight end core in the league than what they have right now. So, um, you know, they I don't know. They, they're going to have to be careful. Lamar Jackson's gotten a lot smarter. It's You know, he goes out of bounds a lot. He doesn't fight for the extra yard. Uh, he's told not to cut back in the middle of the field. He, he goes for the sideline. Uh, but he wants to make plays, too. And, you know, there's teams that get sick and tired of chasing him around that, that they get a shot on him. They're going to take it. So uh, there were a couple hits in that Bengals game for the first time this year where he got squared up a little bit. And, and the Ravens can't like seeing that. He's, he's been so much of their offense that they're going to have to be pretty careful uh, with his workload going forward. Well, you know, also, um, as, as, a, as a fantasy player, I, um, I like – I know when I see a column and there's the notebook section in the bottom and yeah. I think it's kind of almost like a running joke among fantasy players. Like you always read the notebook section because you know <laughs> someone's going to drop something very juicy in there. And your third note in your notebook section talks about Ronnie Stanley's status. Um, you know, you called him indispensable. And I assume if, if your left tackle, your indispensable left tackle is going to miss a game or two, that's going to have some kind of effect one way or another on what Lamar Jackson is going to look like, right? For, for as long as he's out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I haven't heard any negative reports right now on, on Ronnie Stanley. Um, you know, the hope is he'll be able to play Sunday, but we'll see. I mean, in the past, when Ronnie Stanley has missed some practice time, uh, he is not played as well that Sunday. Uh, he's a technician, and he needs to be out there and working on his craft. And, uh, you know, when he, when he get he's not out there for a little while doing that, 
we've kind of seen a little bit of a drop off in his play on Sundays and, and, you know, they can't afford that. I know Seattle, you know, has fewer sacks than the Ravens, but they got a lot better personnel than the Ravens. I can't imagine that's going to continue uh, with the guys they have and, and they need Ronnie Stanley out there. You know, I'm not there's you know, he, he's really elevated his game uh, this year. He's been one of the better left tackles in football. You know, he's going to get paid big time. Uh, you know, he's got one more year left after this on the fifth year rookie option, but um, you know, we'll see how he handles it, but they need him out on the field. You know, one practice isn't going to kill him, but if it's a situation where he's out all week from practice and then he's Sunday, he's across from Jadavion Clowney, uh, that would give me a little bit of a pause if I'm John Harbaugh and company. Speaking of a guy, and I don't mean to jump around all over the place, but we kind of set up this segue nicely. Um, Mark Andrews, like I, I've got Hayden Hurst on the bench in a couple leagues. Um, you know, Mark Andrews had the foot and now the shoulder the last couple weeks. But, uh, you know, coming off almost a 100-yard game again and being just just overall amazing this season, um, is there a point, like, are, are you, will you just let us know when we should be worried about any kind of Mark Andrews injury? Because it, it seems like he's barely practiced. He's been great. Uh, even in a game where Lamar Jackson's running wild, you would think, well, you know, maybe Andrews will block a little bit, but he still catches 99 yards worth of, of passes. Um, is, is this just, okay, we're good. Like, don't, don't worry about him anymore. Don't yeah, worry about this injury yeah. thing. Yeah, no question. Um, the one game where he was a concern and it showed was, I think, week three in Kansas City. Um, was not running well at all. What had happened was, you know, he, he, he dealt with a, a foot injury or ankle injury from the previous week. And then he kind of aggravated a little late in the practice week. Um, and then he went out in Kansas City in pregame warm-ups and he was struggling to run. Um, and then during the game, I think he probably had his worst game of the season, stats-wise. Uh, and that had something to do with the Chiefs taking him away, too. Um, but since then, he's fine. Um, the guy loves to play, man. He's kind of a throwback. He has swagger. Uh, Lamar Jackson loves loves throwing to him. I mean, there was a, it was actually an interception, but it was a heck of a play by the Browns. He threw a deep pass to him down the middle when Andrews was double covered and actually gave Andrews a chance to make a, 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 a catch on it. That they, The DB caught it instead, but just kind of showed you the confidence they have in Mark Andrews. I, I don't, you know, I don't expect his numbers to wane. You know, I think more and more teams will recognize that he's a major key to the offense. Um, so that, that could affect things a little bit. But he, he's good enough to play. He's healthy. He's not in the situation he was in a little earlier this season. Um, you worry because he takes a beating and he's in there a lot. And he kind of has a, as we saw at the leap this past week, he kind of has a little bit of a reckless style. Uh, but but he's good to go. And, and, and he'll remain uh, probably one of their most relevant fantasy players. Are we in, are we in a spot where um... – would you handcuff Hayden Hurst? I mean, is, does Hayden Hurst come in and do the same things Mark Andrews does if Andrews gets hurt? Or is it just, no, two, two totally different guys, totally different styles of play? Because I remember when Hurst got drafted, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. And yeah. uh, so like Mark Andrews kind of took over that, that mantle pretty quickly. Yeah, I would be – I don't know that I would handcuff Hayden Hurst, to be quite honest. I, I think the Ravens really need to find a way to get him more involved, though. Uh, even if it's short passes, I, I think he's kind of a guy – that if you get him involved early, you see him more engaged the rest of the way. He picks up some confidence. 
Um, and, and, you know, he's more active. We, we saw it a little in the Steelers game, not a super stat line, uh, but he made some plays and at least one of them was down the field. Um, you know, already, you, you know how it works. He's a bust. The Raven fans are already complaining. Look, we could have taken Ridley. We traded back. We could have, t- you know, could have taken Derwin James, you know, look, it doesn't look good. I- I'll say that, but you see him sometimes in the practice field. And he looks the part. He's making plays all over the place. Uh, He needs to translate that into the game a little more. And I think it's on them a little bit to get him more involved. Last year was kind of a wash because he had the stress fracture over the summer and he was never was healthy. I think at this point this year, I expected a little more. I expected a little more activity. Uh, But we see the flashes a little bit. Uh, I'm not there yet as far as handcuff. I think Andrews is clearly... Uh, the guy that's a more confident guy, better route runner right now. Um, but I'm not dismissing the fact that Hurst could be relevant at some year from a fantasy perspective. You know, this is such a, a funky team. Um, you, you look at kind of like, I mean, so I was going through Sport Radar before the show, just do some research. Um, and, you know, I'm going through the target leaders and the rushing leaders. And um, after Andrews and Brown, it just drops. I mean, yeah. you, for targets at least, 47 for Andrews, 39 for Brown. And then there's kind of like Willie Sneed, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, Seth Roberts, um, you know, Ingram Boykin, who was kind of, I don't want to say he had, he had a shot this week with with Hollywood Brown out, but, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of pairing Brown and Boykin together and assuming that Boykin would kind of go for it uh, with Brown out, and that that didn't quite happen. But um, is there anyone, is, is this how it's going to be? Like, should we just extrapolate these numbers the rest of the year? Or is there going to be room for like a, I don't know, like a, like a, Justice Hill or a Miles Boykin or someone to kind of step up and break out a little bit, even if someone doesn't get injured, I guess. Yeah, I I think Justice Hill at some point, they're going to find more ways to get him involved. I, I don't, you know, looking at his numbers uh, this past week, he played a good bit, um, not a huge load, uh, but, you know, he, he showed some flashes. The concern from just a team perspective is that lack of, outside receiver or you know receiver period and i'm not i'm excluding tight ends from that because they feel good about that group um but you know when teams take marquise brown away who's going to make plays and um it surprised me that boykin hasn't been more active that he hasn't made more plays because i kid you not practice in and practice out this summer he was their best receiver on the field, and it wasn't even particularly close. Uh, now, Marquise Brown barely played this summer because of Lillis Frank and, and his recovery, but uh, Boykin looked great. He was making plays against the, you know Marlon Humphrey. He was making plays in their joint practices, and they had two sets of them uh, against the uh, Jags and the Eagles. Uh, I, I expected more, and then it feels like the lights went on in the regular season, and and he, he, I don't want to say wilted, but but he has not emerged and he hasn't been able to carry it over. Um, I don't know if it's if if it's a confidence thing. Uh, he had a couple drops early, and I don't know that he's kind of recovered from them. Um, but they need to get him going, and I think they will ultimately. Made a couple plays in the first half uh, this past week without Brown, and I figured this may be the day where he has like a you know, a five or six catch day. And then we didn't see him the rest of the second half. Although I, I could be wrong, but I only think they had three second half possessions because one of them lasted 10 minutes. So that didn't help. Um, but, you know, they're, they're struggling to find that other guy. I, I think they'll continue to try to get Boykin and, and Justice Hill 
more involved. I think Willie Sneed is what he is. Uh, you know, I think you know what he's going to get. He's never going to have like a huge game. He'll get a touchdown right. every now and then, five or six catches every now and again. But I don't know that he's a guy to bank on from a fantasy perspective every week. I would expect I would expect the other two, the two rookies, uh, Hill and Boykin, to get more involved. But I don't know if it's ever going to be the point where. You say, okay, I, I need to play that guy that week. It's clear this is a team that's going to be heavy on Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and the tight ends. I mean, Boyle even see some targets and also get the running backs involved. And, and, you know, there's not a ton of room for anybody else after that. Or that's at least how it's looked so far. Right. Well, I mean, you go through Greg, Greg Roman's history as an offensive coordinator, and it's especially like, so I go to Pro Football Reference and, and it has this really cool thing where it shows you, you know, where they placed in the league and rushing attempts and rushing yards and whatever, whatever. Um, like his, it's crazy. His track record of running, yeah. I think he's finished the top three in rushing attempts uh, in the seven, the seven times he's been an offensive coordinator. He's finished top three in rushing attempts five times. Yeah. And he's been like bottom five in passing attempts. I want to say like six of the seven times. So he's yeah. got a pretty, I mean, it's predictable. It's just, I don't know if there's room for, you know, within that second most attempts, is there room for Justice Hill or does he chip away from Mark Ingram kind of thing? I think that's what the yeah. fantasy players, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair question. And, and you know, they're really, for people who don't study the film and, and you know, I'm no X's nose expert. I don't hide from that, but um they're really creative in some of their run schemes. Like they'll run out of the same set and so many different plays out of the same set. And, um, you know, we haven't seen a team stop them yet running the ball. Now there's teams that have limited them at times. I think I forgot the, what the Steelers held them to. It was a pretty good day for the Steelers defense, but even if, you know, the uh, what I as I said, uh, if the Ravens averaged what they had that game, you know, the rest of the year, they'd still be a top 10 rushing team. So even though they shut them down by the Ravens standards, they still had a decent day. Um, I, I think they'll continue to roll through these guys, uh, you know, especially when the season mounts uh, and, and you guys, some guys get banged up and the weather gets colder. Um, I, I do think uh, there'll still be chances for Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Um, you know, Mark, Mark Ingram was out snapped this past week by Gus Edwards, which was kind of interesting. And we also saw Gus Edwards in one sequence, get two or three straight goal line carries and it didn't go that well. And Ingram's kind of been a touchdown guy this year. So I don't know how much more we'll see that when Ingram has really shown a nose for getting in the end zone. Uh, but I, I think they'll continue to run. And I think there will be an uptick in carries for justice Hill, um, you know, especially to take advantage of speed and fresh legs. He just was trying too hard early, uh, and that was the kind of thing. Uh, they envisioned him kind of having a bigger role, but he was returning kicks, and he put the ball on the ground a couple times, and you'd watch him get a handoff, and it looked like he tried to hit a home run every time rather than just taking a you know five, six-yard gain or what's there. Uh, it was getting a little antsy. Um, but I, he settled down a little bit, and he looked good this past week. I, I, I think he'll have a role, as I said. But again, with Jackson running the ball, with Ingram running the ball, Gus Edwards has been no slouch. Uh, it's just a lot of mouths to feed, as you know. It's, it's weird. It's kind of frustrating for a, for a fantasy owner. Uh, but at the same time, maybe it's frustrating for a guy who likes to go deep as a fantasy owner. Yeah. But as just a, a predictable kind of offense, um, you know, Greg Roman runs the ball. Like, you should know yeah. that. And like... 
But like you said, like having Gus Edwards do that this week, when you're finally like, okay, Mark Ingram's a beast. Like, yep. he, you know, he's got 400-something rushing. He's got seven touchdowns. He's catching the ball a little bit. Um, and then all of a sudden, here's your curveball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you know, and, and I don't know, uh, you know, they're not going to – Ingram's not going to ever get a – you know, he's never I, – I doubt he's going to ever have one of those games where he gets, like, a ton of carries. I, I think they're going to – spread it around the whole time um, and, uh, you know, get others involved. I mean, you, you know, you've seen some drives where all three of them have gotten carries on the same drive and Ravens lead the league in time of possession. Um, they have really long drives and they possess the ball. So, so there's room for everybody. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I do think they're, they're going to go with the hot hand in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, Roman has said right from the beginning, Mark Ingram's our lead back. He's our guy. But if we have a guy that's really going and we could tell early, um, then we're going to ride him a little bit. And Ingram, as he proved in New Orleans, is not a selfish guy. He's not going to be a guy that complains about not getting the ball in the goal line or, you know, losing touches to another running back. He, he's a good team guy. We saw that in New Orleans, as I said. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I, I do think a lot of it also depends. The Bengals were determined not to get beat between the, you know, in the up the middle and, and between the tackles. They were just determined. And that's why you saw Lamar have all the success he did running the ball because they weren't holding the edge at all. And there was room on the outside. And I think that that you know, is why Justice Hill was a little more involved this past week. So, again, it's going to depend a little bit on the defense, how, how they play the Ravens, too. Uh, you know, I, th- I think one of these themes coming up, and I, I don't think it's just like you and Salfino, I think a lot of people are thinking Lamar Jackson's going to get hurt if he keeps running like this. Um, say RG3 comes in, and it's kind of cool seeing these teams that have, like, the you know, the running quarterback be backed up by a running quarterback. So, you know, like, the style's not going to change, whatever, whatever. Um, would you, would you think that RG three would be, uh, you know, maybe a top 15 ish quarterback, right? Like just taking over, run the offense the same way, get some rushing yards. And we've, we've seen him pass and do well in that element of the game too. Um, like this isn't your typical guy you haven't heard of. This is someone who's had success before and he fits the system and he, he's kind of, you know, a duplicate almost of the the starting quarterback. Um, would, would it be safe to say if a fantasy owner if that happened, if they went and picked up Robert Griffin, would it be like, okay, not that much of a drop-off? We're going to be in good shape? I, you know, I think it would be a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I don't know that I'd go top 15, but I, I think he, he, I think he would be fine. Yeah. I mean, last year, what was so awkward was the, how different Flacco and Jackson were and when, and, and when are as quarterbacks. So when the Flacco went down at midseason, it was kind of transitioning to an entirely new offense. Uh, the the allure of re-signing Robert Griffin um, for the Ravens was they can still run the offense they're designing for Lamar Jackson with him. Now, he's not as explosive as Lamar Jackson. I don't know that any quarterback is in terms of some of the things he does athletically, but he can do, he can run that style of offense. And, and, you know, anytime I've seen Griffin, you know, he still has a pretty live arm. I mean, he certainly is fresh. He, He hasn't, you know, played a lot of football. Um, so I think they could do some similar things. You know, I, I do. Um, I, I think I, I, they would hurt their running backs cause teams would, you know, force, you know, Griffin, they, they wouldn't honor Griffin as much as they do Lamar Jackson. So I think that would hurt their running game a little bit. Uh, but I think the Ravens could move the ball with Robert Griffin. I think he could, 
you know, in, in certain passing, he could really uh, put up decent numbers. I, if if you had to start him, if Jackson goes down later this year and, you know, you need a quarterback on bye or your quarter starter was on bye, I think you could do a lot worse. I, I think their offense would still be pretty competent with him in there. And Jeff, just just keeping it with quarterbacks, you mentioned Flacco a couple times. Um, you know, I, I personally had some high hopes for him in Denver. It looked like he had great receivers and he had some running backs who can catch passes. Um, and, you know, his, his, I mean, just 1,400 barely passing yards. He's only six passing touchdowns. Um, is this a product of the offense? Is, is there like going to be a spark for Joe Flacco? I mean, you've watched him for so long and so many years. Um, or is this kind of like the, the new Joe Flacco? He's, you know, maybe borderline 20th in passing yards and kind of yeah. not, not broken, but not the same prolific big passer guy. Yeah, look, I'm, uh, I've always been a Joe Flacco apologist and I, I like you, I had and you know, I was reading, you know, what people are writing out of Denver and they're talking about how good he looked and, uh, you know, the offense getting the, you know, the Kubiak system back in there that Flacco, you know, after the Super Bowl had his one really good year post Super Bowl in in that offense. I had high hopes. Um, I watched him a little bit in the preseason, and, and, and it looked pretty good to me. Um, but I don't know that I can uh, that I can sit here and think that he's anything but we're seeing right now. Now I hope I'm wrong, and I'm not there every day. So maybe I'm talking out of a turn a little bit, but. It's just way too much sort stuff and not going down the field. I mean, we saw it in Baltimore, just so many checkdowns. And, and you know, I think I think the hits have taken a little bit of toll on, on Flacco where he's reluctant to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, maybe wait for something down the field. Um, I still think he can be a winning quarterback. You just need to have the pieces in the place. And I mean the pieces in place, I mean protecting them, a running game, and a defense on the other end that you can kind of depend on uh, to get you some good field position and not give a ton of points. You know, So if they had all those pieces in play, I, I saw him having a pretty successful year in terms of win and losses and, and maybe some solid stats. But I think the day and age of seeing Joe wing it around and having some big passing days and and hitting on all these deep balls are probably over at this point. I mean, it's just been too long since we've seen it uh, for me to believe he's just going to find it all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think we're seeing that a little bit this year, too, in Denver. It just hasn't happened as far as, uh, you know, deep down the field uh, uh, perspective. And, you know, he's always a guy that mixes in a few mistakes per game. Uh, and you know that. You expect that. Uh, but you know, if you're mixing in those mistakes and you're not getting the big play payoff, that, that's where it becomes an issue. Yeah, it's it's sad, man. I you know I had yeah. to, still got him in a two QB league, but uh, you know, the, the other ones where he was my only you know one quarterback leagues where you just kind of wait and wait and wait. Yeah, that uh has forced me to rotate. So <laughs> such is life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, I was thinking for a while there if Drew Lock got healthy and. Uh, you know they were still losing. That he may he may not have a, a long shelf life there as a starter, but uh, they've turned it around a little bit, and Locke isn't healthy, so uh, maybe he'll still turn it around. I mean, Joe's a pretty good cold weather quarterback. Uh, we've seen that before. It's just, and you know they have some weapons there. Uh, you know, and for years, I mean, Raven fans still beat up Newsom and DeCosta and Harbaugh for not surrounding Flacco with a lot. And I do think they let him down in a way, but I, I think the Ra- I think Flacco let the Ravens down in a way too because 
whether it was because of injuries, that was part of it. You just never really saw him consistently. You kind of saw it erode each year a little bit more and more. And uh, he's such a tough guy, and he's been so durable. But, um, you know, it does take a toll. It takes a toll on them all. Except yeah. Tom Brady, I guess. Yeah, well, he's, uh, he's – that's – I don't know. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jeff, thanks so much, man. I know we, we got to go, uh, I try to keep it short and nice and tight and full of, uh, full of knowledge here. Um, but also want to thank you for filling out the, every week we do the beat writer thing. And I know I sent you slack on this, but <laughs> since I have you here in person, uh, thanks for being one of the first people to fill that out every week. It actually, it's very, very cool to, uh, to just know that that's filled out and ready to go. Yeah, no, so. my pleasure, man. I know we all, uh, we're all a team and it's been a lot of fun seeing, uh, expand and, and, um, I'll tell you guys this, you know, I got a lot of friends who play fantasy football. I, you know, I have a team. I'm not as into it as much as I used to be. I wish I was, I, I mean, I am into it. I just don't have the time I used to, to really get more into it. But, yeah. uh, people rave to me, my friends rave to me about the fantasy coverage. So, uh, anyway, oh, nice. I oh, any way I could play a part, I try to help out, uh, as little as it is I can. We got to get you on those best balls, man. That's the way to do it. <laughs> No okay. moves, just just the draft, and the computer puts everyone into your lineup for you after after each week. See that I could go for that I could go right. for. <laughs> that's what I'm like. That's I've, I'm converting all my leagues to best balls because yeah, it's just you know, so much easier. I, I'm still kicking myself. I, I'm three and three. I have the second highest point total in the league. I'm kind of running into teams at the wrong time, but I'm still in it. But I, you know, my I'm feeling good about my running backs at the start of the season with David Johnson and Joe Mixon. Uh, but you know, Johnson's been pretty good, but I just, you know, I, I always fall in the trap of drafting running backs from bad offenses and I always kick myself later and then I do it again next year. I just don't understand why I keep doing it. But, you know, I watching Joe Mixon the other day, Sunday live, I don't think he's suddenly forgotten how to run the ball, but it, it is amazing. Uh, you know, he's probably the best player out there that doesn't really even stand a chance right now. Yeah. It's, um, and it's, you know, th- I got, we're going off tangent, but like it was the Zach Taylor offense. I was very excited. I'm like, oh, this is going to be like McVay taking over. This yeah. is his guy. And yeah. I, you know, I, I may or may not have in New Jersey I, placed some bets on the on the Bengals to do much better than they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I'm thought out. the same thing. I thought the same thing. And I also was, I also took a flyer in AJ Green, thinking probably by week three or four we'd we, we'd see him. But uh, that's a tough spot on my bench right now where I have no flexibility because I've been carrying him. I don't know how long I could last. I guess I have to wait at this point. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone would tell you that, but it just sucks. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, thanks uh, again for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Please, man. It's, we, we appreciate it uh, much more. Thank you for taking the time, dude. And uh, make sure you follow Jeff on Twitter. Jeff, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Uh, check him out on the site, too, The Athletic uh, Baltimore. It's great stuff. Um, and thanks, man. Thanks, thanks a lot. All right, my pleasure. Have a good have a good week. Thank you. You too.